And we're back. I feel like that's uh, that's something we should say, you know, after <laughs> after like a, a, a summer vacation type of thing, a summer break, right? Yeah, that, that, I, that, I think the two weeks we took off from this was probably the longest break we've taken since we started this podcast. Something like that, yeah. It's a, it's Geek Geekish. <laughs> I'm Derek. We got Bino over there, and welcome. Um, we're gonna talk at you for a little bit about some some weird stuff. Well, talk at you or ramble. I mean, it's a little both, a little a, a little, little b. Little, we're, talking, we're talking about food, though, and restaurants. That's a good sign. Yeah, this actually. So this topic was actually submitted from a listener, believe it or not. So <laughs> we have you. those. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, huge thanks to uh, Jenna. She suggested that we talk about, um, well, in her words, gimmick restaurants, you know, themed restaurants. You know, you got the Rainforest Cafes, you got the Margaritavilles, you got uh, the Dick's Last Resort, and you got the one that's kind of up in the news right now that's only local to Colorado, and that's Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. For anyone that's from Colorado, we all know about Casa Bonita, the lore, oh, the yeah. history, the where it is. But a lot of people like don't know what the heck it is or only know about it because of seeing it on South, South Park. South, yep, South Park. But it's this giant theme restaurant in Lakewood, Colorado that can seat up to like a thousand people. And it's got all kinds of kitschy gimmicks inside. There's cliff divers. There's performances with a guy in a monkey suit and Black Bart's cave and cliff I divers. Remember, and I don't remember the monkey suit. That's a gorilla. Sorry. Well, I, still don't, I still don't remember it. The, the plays when they didn't. Yeah. They, I'm pretty sure it's still the same gorilla suit from when I was a kid, judging by the oh, looks yeah, of it. Sure, I'm pretty sure everything is the same since when it opened, including the food. And that's why you don't go there for the food. And no, yeah, that, that I, I might mean, be one of the reasons why it struggles. It is. And I, I feel bad because a lot of people that's like they badmouth like it's the most horrible food ever. When I was a kid, I didn't care. I got my tacos. I got to see Cliff Davis. It didn't matter. It was better than right. cafeteria food. Then when I got to like high school, college in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was times you went there and you didn't feel so good afterwards. It was a little iffy, but I went a couple times in the last few years. We brought the kiddo down there for some birthdays and stuff like that. And it, it did. The food's definitely gotten better. To me, it's it's not like five star restaurant quality yet, but it's has the food gotten better. Your taste buds just died more, but nothing can beat <laughs> the plate full of sopa peas. You have to raise a little flag and they'll bring in more, all the sopa peas you can eat, like till you hurt. And it's, that's why your stomach hurt. Eh, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a one of a kind restaurant because there's nothing like it. The way they've designed it inside, it looks like you're, you know almost in Mexico when you go inside because they've got these huge black ceilings with little starlight Christmas things around it and palm trees and adobe and plaster everything and all the kinds of nooks and crannies and holes and different parts of the dining room. Some are under the waterfall and caves, some are out in balconies, some are out in like little market areas. Stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really cool inside it. Anyone that hasn't been there, it's, it's definitely worth a, you know, Oh, Hey, this is really cool for well, people. Now that South Park creators are, are interested in buying because, I mean, Casa Bonita was dealing with bankruptcy, right? They were, so. but that, that's why they're making the news because uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone uh, had said that they wanted to buy Casa Bonita. They felt it had been mistreated before the pandemic even starts. So they wanted to buy it and treat it right and make it this iconic landmark. But the family that owns it has been all over the news in the last few days saying that, no, we're not selling it. It's not for sale and made it try to make it very clear that they're not selling it. But they also threw in the, well, I think if these guys wanted to buy it, they would be first on our list of potential buyers of things ever changed. So they certainly left themselves a loophole for it to happen. But as it stands right now, Casa Bonita is back open again, but they're just doing tours right now. 
which seems kind of lackluster to just go tour Casamita, but they have plans supposedly that they're going to reopen in the fall for food or something like that, depending on how this COVID stuff pans out. But, see, I didn't, I didn't see that part. I thought I saw that they were the owner or the Trey Parker and my were thinking about buying it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I didn't know the owners were like, no, 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 no. We're fine with bankruptcy. Yeah, it's owned, right now it's owned by Summit Family Restaurant, Inc., and they told TMZ just four days ago they have no plans of selling despite filing for bankruptcy in April. Maybe they're hoping all the publicity will help them from the South Park guys wanting to buy it. I don't know. I'm sure it will, and if they capitalize it, it could work out great, but if they just, I could also, you know, I don't know anything about them, so this is not me trying to badmouth them, but I could see them cashing in this publicity, making a quick buck, and then selling it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I well, wouldn't put that a- past anybody, but. And I mean, that kind of brings us to our next segue too of like, you know, the marketing gimmicks, right? So we've all been to Vegas. Vegas is very well known for their themed, you know, restaurants. <laughs> Vegas is a gimmick city. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to, I was trying to be nice, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, like you walk down the street, you got the Rainforest Cafe or right that or no, Margaritaville. Do they have a Rainforest Cafe there? Probably. I believe so. There's a Rainforest Cafe everywhere. You got <laughs> you got Margaritaville. You got, um, what is it, Hell's Kitchen or whatever, the Gordon Ramsay restaurant. You got Bobby mm. Flay's restaurant, which I do have to say I ate there, and it's fantastic. You ate there, too. Is that what we went for when you're, when you're wedding? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, oh, that burger was so good. But anyway, I mean, and, and I mean that's the thing, too, is you, and you've got the M&M place. What makes a good gimmick restaurant? I mean, because it's got to have good food too right and i think that's one reason why castavita maybe struggled but i mean again i don't we ate at margaritaville too that one time we went to vegas and it was see i know. i feel like my problem with theme restaurants because don't get me wrong i love a good theme restaurant i i you know tying themes to anything i nerd about that we we do themed drinks and appetizers when we go to movies like i'm yeah. all about theme stuff but to me the biggest problem with a lot of themed restaurants is that they become these massive chains that aren't unique We'll, we'll, we'll stick with Rainforest Cafe. Like I said, you can go to Rainforest Cafe in four dozen cities across the U.S. in the exact same restaurant somewhere else. It's, it's not exciting same. to go somewhere else. That's the same reason, like, I was just in Hawaii a few weeks ago. There was no way I was going to be in Hawaii and go eat at McDonald's, Chili's, and Applebee's in Hawaii. Like, no. I go somewhere else. I want to find the, the local food, the unique places, the things I can't get anywhere else. But the theme restaurants just capitalizing because they they have the selling point and uh, Margaritaville is the same way. You put a Margaritaville anyway. There's a lot of uh, older adults drinking and they oh yeah Margaritaville that's a great place we'll go have some margaritas. <laughs> it it's it it feels like it fills that void for a lot of fairly uncreative people or people that don't get out much because to some people that don't go to a lot of places or don't go to a lot of restaurants. Rainforest Cafe might be, oh, wow, look at this exotic, crazy restaurant. I've never seen anything like it, which is what it was originally started as. Mm-hmm. But after you've been to the Rainforest four or five times, the Rainforest Cafe, then it just kind of loses <laughs> all luster whatsoever. You're like, this is just a $26 hamburger with some fake trees. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too. Is that, and you did say that, you know, like, you know, you have the ones that are franchised, you know, across the United States. They're cookie cutter they're basically mm-hmm. the same there might be some regional flair but it's basically the same mm-hmm. you go outside the country i will say that it is going to be a little bit different when i went to south korea i didn't eat it at mcdonald's i didn't eat you know any american food over there the only thing i did get was a starbucks and that was just because i needed some coffee but i do have to say just walking by like the Domino's and the kfc's and looking at the menu because they have them outside they're a little bit different oh yeah 
you know, you know, and it goes by the region too, what they have access to and everything like that. So it kind of made me want to try them just to say that I've had a South Korean pizza. But at the same time, I was like, um, I'm not here for I'm not here for that. I, I, like you said, I want the I want the local stuff. But I mean, and that's the thing, too, is you have the Rainforest Cafe where you go in, you're basically going to get the same experience every time, right? Then you have the restaurant like, um, was it, Dick's Last Resort, mm-hmm. where, yes, it's probably going to be the same-ish in an aspect, but the whole gimmick of that place is the staff is going to be rude to you. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, make fun of you, belittle at you, cuss at you, whatever, and Maybe that makes it a little bit different, but I, like you said, there wasn't a whole bunch across the United States. There was a handful of them, right? Mm. So, I, I feel like ones like that. Like, I uh, this is tough to say that I'm saying Dick's Last Resort is doing something right, right per se. Right. <laughs> well, what, what whether you like what they do or not, they went all in with the gimmick, so it is its own experience. It's not just a burger restaurant that has some some stuff on the wall. There was one I was reading about that was like a ninja pizzeria in New York that got a bad rap that was open because it was nothing but a crappy pizzeria with some fake ninja stars put on the wall and all the food was had some very stereotypically somewhat offensive names to all the food that tied tied to oh, old ninja no. movies. Like that, uh, that's not a, that's not a theme restaurant. That's just uh, it's, makes me sick. Well, but I, 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 oh, go ahead. Did, well, did you, you went, we were dead. We went to Dick's together, right? Yeah. 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 And it was, it was an experience where you're like, you know, we're used to, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten bad rap, you've gotten a bad service somewhere, but having them like belittle you and everything like that. And you could actually chime back in what kind of made it fun. If you're a timid person, you're an introvert, maybe not the place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what, cause I think we were sitting by a table of, uh, and that had one of them and, and the waiter just ripped into them and you could tell that they weren't really enjoying themselves. So, yeah, you know, um, it's tough to say. And it's, it's, yeah. it's almost like, I, I feel like I'm a sucker for some of the old fifties diners too. Like around here, there was a Gunther, Gunther Tooties and there was oh, a back yes. to the fifties. And I mean, there's tons of ones across the country, all the different names that just back to the little fifties malt shop type of thing. And it was fun because the decor, the music, the food was all reminiscent of old 50s and 60s rock and roll times. And the a lot of the, the staff up. would show up like that. And I mean, you just imagine some uh, some lady in the an apron and a teal dress with some horn rim glasses and bright red lipstick sitting down smacking her gum. You swear her name is going to be Flo and she's kind of got that flippant attitude to it. You're like, this is awesome. Like, I don't feel like you're actually being rude, but I really like the fact that you're yeah, this is cool. <laughs> right? And, and I get that, too, because I mean, Gunther Tooties, the first time I went in there, I was like, this is pretty cool. And it's one of those ones that kept bringing me back because the food wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was diner food. You know, it, you you went in expecting that. And it was just fun, especially if you went with your parents who, you know, grew up in that era, just to see like the, you know, the childlike wonder on their faces again. You know, when that one song came on and it cued a memory and you're just like, all right, I'm down mm-hmm. with this. I mean, same thing when you and I. We go to the little shop right there in Fort Collins, Colorado, called Totally 80s Pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their new location is opening soon. I can't wait. That is a themed restaurant that works because I don't know how they do it. And we've had this conversation before, but that pizza tastes like it's from the 80s and not in a bad way. Yeah, it, 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 just, it tastes like it childhood. Sparks mem- yeah, it sparks so many memories. You take a bite of that, and you're like, whoa. It's, it's not going to make Gordon Ramsay's list of the gourmet pizzas in the world, but... It's literally a pizzeria pizza made how you want it. And you sit down there in front of a uh, 
plaque with Mr. T cereal and Optimus mm-hmm. Prime in it while there's some Oingo Boingo playing in a music video on the TV across the way. And you just the, the nostalgic feel just takes hold. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think and I, I think that they did it right too because they didn't try to overdo it by opening up to a space too big for them. Mm-hmm. You know they have enough memorabilia in there that he can put up on the walls, and I'm pretty sure he has some that he can cycle out too. Oh, well, the, um, the, the new location moving into a slightly bigger space, and they're going to have a museum slash pizzeria with an arcade in it. And that works. Had he started out like that right away. It might have been a little bit more of a struggle, but I think that since he kind of built up to that, he built up that following. That's a gimmick. If you're ever in Fort Collins, Colorado, I'm being serious. Like, you got to check it out because just for the nostalgia factor. But like, if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s, you're going to love it. Like, you just walk in and you're like, oh, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. but and I think that's one thing that works. Um, you know, on the opposite side, you have the Chuck E. Cheese's, which they're, they're, they're falling very fa- failing left and right. Right, and it's because, again, it's the same recipe that's just been cookie-cuttered everywhere. It used to have... I'm fairly certain the pizzas actually were cookie-cuttered. <laughs> they probably were out of cardboard. I mean, because the pizza was never good there, and you didn't go there for that, right? You went there for the arcade and everything like that, but even still, they kind of lost that appeal because it used to be, you know, you go in there and have this experience, and now it's just, you know, you have an employee that's like, doesn't care, and I can't blame them, because they have to go run around and yeah, I mean, it, it, they, and, they first came out, they were magical, they were, as we referred to earlier, an experience. Mm-hmm. But then after the, the early 90s, if you were a kid, you went to a Chuck E. Cheese or a Showbiz Pizza birthday party, like, every two months, most of your elementary school life. Especially and if you had a birthday in the wintertime. By the end of it, you didn't want to go there anymore. Your parents sure as heck didn't want to go there anymore. You never went there unless it was a birthday party. No one's right. ever like, hey, let's just go to Chuck E. Cheese and grab a few slices after work. Like, It's now whose birthday is it? Ah, crap. Okay, let's do this. Right. And I think that's kind of, you know, I get it because that was their thing. But it when it becomes a niche like that, like you said, it's the we have to go there type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's great for the kids because, you know, they don't understand. But even I guess, you know, as a kid, you go there enough times, like you said, oh, I just went there two weeks ago for Frank's birthday. Now I have to go for Adam's birthday. It kind of wears old. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where some of these theme restaurants need to do. If they're going to if they're going to franchise, they need to have something that brings the people back more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have another theme when I thought of that. Gets both sides of this. It does part of it well and part of it not well at all. How about Hooters? Yeah. They have their theme and they Mm -hmm. get people coming back because of their theme. But don't think they're making many new fans and the food was not terribly amazing. No. I did like the the chicken sandwiches. I'll give them that. They had a big, big meaty chicken sandwich. It was great. But once you get past the theme and once you, you know, even you get the, the, teenage boy hormones oh we're going to hooters we're going to hooters if you've gone to hooters three or four times there's nothing special about going to hooters at all <laughs> right well and that's the thing i remember i remember the first time i went to hooters it was in albuquerque new mexico um the girl i was dating at the time her friend he was like yeah let's all go to hooters and i was like really i've never been there They're like yeah yeah the food's good i was like i didn't think you went to hooters for the food and he's like ah oh, no it's fine i got wings and i was like these, these are garbage. And then at, the, at that point, he's like, yeah, you don't go to a Hooters for the food. I was like, but, but, but I'm hungry. 
And then they had the, the knockoff of that, the Tilted Kilt, which is basically Hooters, except for in something between Catholic schoolgirl and Scottish kilt outfits mixed together with the same premise behind it. Yeah, I think William Wallace, but more feminine. I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> it's they they what we went there and it was the see, and I think they did a little bit right. Like the food wasn't bad because didn't a record rep take us there? Mm-hmm. The food wasn't bad. The staff was super friendly. But, you know, again, it's the whole like they're going for a tip and everything like that. But mm-hmm. the experience inside was one of those like it was a restaurant. Yeah, there was, was some like, tartans eh. on the wall. There was nothing special about it. Right. Uh, if you went in there and they, you know, yelled at you in, in Scottish, like, hey, what are you doing here? You know, that type of thing. You're, you're like, all right. I'm, I'm how is that? How is that Scottish accent yeah, again? Don't worry about it. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> so um, I, I did find this list from timeout.com of some of the best themed restaurants in the country. They say, OK, there's one in College Station, Texas called Harvey's Washbangers, Harvey Washbangers. And it's a state of the art laundromat burger joint and craft beer bar. So you can go use one of their 80-inch washing machines and then grab a seat while your laundry is getting done and have a burger and a craft beer. I, I don't know if that's the theme that I would want to get behind. Like, I suppose if I was in college and had to get my laundry done, I'd be all about it. But well, I, here's the thing. College Station isn't too far from here. So maybe that's uh, from where I am. Maybe that's a road trip I'm going to have to take just to check that out. Because you should do that. My brain, I can understand it. But at the same time, I don't. <laughs> uh Next on their list is the Heart Attack Grill in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. We, we've walked by that. Yeah, I haven't, haven't been in there, but it's all the waiters and waitresses dress up in nurses as nurses, and then the kitchen serves up the most unhealthy food you can imagine, like quad stack burgers with nothing but cheese, meat, and bacon, no vegetables, no breads, just everything super, super fatty protein. I think that's why we never went in. <laughs> yeah, it, I, 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 I want to eat a Heart Attack burger, but... I feel like I also want to live past my 40s. <laughs> you want to, but your brain's like, no, please don't. Yeah. There was the Tonga Room and Hurricane Bar in San Francisco, which they say is temporarily closed. It was a tiki bar, but they had, uh, I guess it was just a tiki bar that went all in. Like everything in its tiki bar seems okay. Uh, Los Angeles has Clifton's Republic, multi-level den with a forest theme. So it's somewhere between... Lord of the Rings meets 70s porn dungeon from the pictures. Uh, <laughs> multiple cities have aquarium restaurants. I've been to the aquarium restaurant, the Denver Aquarium. Yeah. And it is the same thing. It's cool to see a mermaid or scuba diver show next to you underwater while you're eating. Little girls love that stuff, but the food and the rest of the restaurant stuff, other than having a view next to the aquarium, it's just a restaurant next to the aquarium. I was going to say, yeah, it's the, it's the ambiance <laughs> for that because like, you get the mm-hmm. food and you're like, I'm paying $30 for this for why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the Safe House in Chicago, it's a spy-themed bar. Uh, a lot of secret agent-inspired stuff. You have to know a password to get in the front door and all kinds of little things you can do inside. Los Angeles has the Proud Bird, which is an aviation-themed restaurant. Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean that birds are flying around while you're eating? No, no, the Proud Bird, like, plane. So it's oh, an aviation oh, that, that kind of aviation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, oh, yeah. my God, dude. I was sitting there. Not the aviary like, aviation. Yeah, a- a- aviation, not aviary. Got it, got it, got it, mm. got it, got it. Well, I mean, and pause you right there. I mean, you got, speaking of animals, you got cat cafes and dog cafes. And I've been to a dog cafe. It was a lot of fun. But at the same time, you're sitting there like, 
you know, got dog hair, you know, that you have to kick out. But yeah, there's, there's a reason that most animals aren't allowed in restaurants for health code. Right? I just you know, <laughs> don't throw that out there. But <laughs> I love dogs. I love cats. But the, other people's dogs and other people's cats on my food, I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I was I was never know where to draw the line of where you mark the theme restaurants. Cause, I mean, I look in here in Fort Collins that used to be here is the Dungeons and Drafts restaurant, which was the medieval themed game playing fantasy type restaurant. Which that I was really, was really cool for what it was. Yeah, it was a themed restaurant that was a great idea, and it was actually a lot of fun. Some of the food sometimes was, it was let down. Miss. Yeah, but I mean, you went for the theme, and if you went with a group of people, or you know, you went on a game night and you had a people playing Dungeons and Dragons over the corner. You could feel that livelihood. You know, we went there and did the Mario Kart thing and it worked. It was fun. Popping in just for lunch? Maybe not. But I mean, and that's the thing, too, is like it was that themed, but the staff wasn't themed. They didn't go around saying, good morrow, fellow sir. You know, that if if they could have combined it with full on LARP actors in the whole place, (laughs) maybe it could have taken a whole new level. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> you want because, this burger well done roll for initiative please because w- would you say that the food court at a renaissance festival that does that count as a theme restaurant because i'm all about that well and that's what i was thinking too is like you look at some of the you know you got sports bars that are could be qualified as themes type of things you got um the prohibition bar in fort collins social that's kind of themed towards that. You have the prohibition bar down in um, Denver. It's kind of like a speakeasy where you actually have to go down a thing and knock on a door, which was mm. really cool. But, and that thing I think works because it's a high class establishment. You know, it's the, it's the whole thing. But I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because like you have two ends of the spectrum for themed restaurants. You have the very gimmicky ones where you walk in and things. And then you have the themed restaurant where you don't, you know, it's a theme restaurant, but you don't like, I don't know. You you know I'm, I'm you know what I'm seeing. You know what I'm trying to say. It, it's when, when there's not the experience. It all depends on who's working. If you get a really good host and server or waiter or waitress that makes it an experience, you'll love it. If you have a cranky 19 year old that just wants a tip and doesn't want to talk to you the whole night, it's probably not going to be a great experience. It's just decorations on the wall. Well, and that's the thing too is like that. What where do you draw? Because I mean, you have some restaurants that clarify themselves as themed restaurants, like that speakeasy. But you go in, and the bartenders aren't talking to you like it's nineteen twenties. You know, they're not you know being anything like that. The only thing is, is you have maybe a jam band up on the the corner, and you have the decor. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's where do you draw the line at the themed restaurants? On yeah, that aspect. Because on the same side, too, I, you know, not wanting to sound super, super spoiled and things like that. Imagine trying to run a restaurant and trying to make sure all your staff were in proper period attire and talking, right? Like, restaurants already have enough stress among the staff going around. So I can't imagine trying to successfully run one of those that is based on just that simple premise. Like, yeah. <laughs> now, there are some cool ones around the world that I feel like I really want to try. If the, uh, the robot restaurant in Bangkok. Mm-hmm where they actually have robot chefs and waiters and waitresses that will give you your food and you order from, and it's a full AI experience. Like, that sounds fun. (laughs) I might be a little worried about my food, but, you know, it's it's still something I'd want to try. Assimilate. There's the uh, Dine in the Dark. What was that restaurant called that you just, it was completely blacked out. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I guess they're just, they're just called darkness restaurants. I was gonna say a few re- a few cities have tried that, and some of them still have them. Yeah, like I'm I'm picky enough that I could not go in a blackout restaurant. 
Like if, if I can't lights at your house, if I can't see what I'm putting in my mouth. Uh, um, you got the Pokemon <laughs> restaurant in Japan. Uh, you got the Naruto ramen restaurant in Japan as well. That those seem pretty cool. Um, I mean, Japan has a lot of themed restaurants that I think would warrant like a comeback, right? And they they there was a James Cameron themed one at one point, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like alien themed, and you have the Harry Potter ones at uh, Harry Potter World. So I mean, some of them work for where they're at, right? If it's just yeah, they're very specific. If if the three broomsticks that Harry the Wizarding World, one Florida, one in California, I love it. I can't get enough. And every time I'm there, I want to just hang out there for a couple hours. If they put a three broomsticks in Fort Collins, it wouldn't be the same. Right. Well, that's the thing with like uh, the the Star Wars Cantina. You know, you got mm. precisely at uh, Star Wars Land, and it's like you throw that up, it'd be cool for a little bit, and then you're like, eh. Yeah, if they, if they were everywhere, there's nothing special. But so I, maybe that's what what it come, what it boils down to. We we start off that it's the experience, but it's more or less the 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 once one of a kindness to it. What's the? I think it's the experience that draws you in and that keeps you wanting more. And you know, some like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it was a themed restaurant, but it wasn't. You didn't really go there for the experience. You went there to see what kind of cool themed drinks they had, what kind of themed you know. And they did themed nights. I think that's what worked is it's you didn't ever just go because you're like, oh, yeah, let's go check out the decor type of thing because it wasn't that type of theme. So with like the themed restaurants with like, you know, the the three broomsticks and everything like that, or even, you know, the pop up shops. We just had one recently here in Austin of movies from Clerks. Mm hmm. We had that in Denver just a few months back. Yeah, and they, they you know, pop-up themed restaurants like that, great. But the problem is, is when they're pop-ups like that, it is a pain in the A to get through. <laughs> you know, you had all the Wendy's that did the Rick and Morty theme that pop up. That, like, especially during a pandemic when you have to drive your car, it's like, eh, I'm just, you know. Don't have to work for it. <laughs> right? But, I mean, that's where I think some of the some of the themed restaurants work. Like, if you don't overdo it, and you make it an experience for people to come back in tourist cities like Vegas. It's going to work no matter what. Yeah, you just have something you know? unique, unique and different. I think about it like the we were talking about the dec- the decor and decorations and things like that. If you make it authentic, you might find a following for it. I remember back. You remember back in the it was eighties or nineties when Bennigan's and Applebee's first started opening up and going around. It was out of this world. Bennigan's came in. The walls were covered with things from license plates and random pieces of artwork and things like and each one was different. Everyone had all kinds of because it was like a roadside attraction threw up inside the restaurant. It looked amazing. And it was like nothing else. But then every restaurant is starting to do it now. I was going to say Red Robin is exactly that right now. You yeah, walk you, in you go to Red Robin exactly Applebee's that. now, but it's not even authentic stuff. It looks like the craft aisle Hobby Lobby. They're not <laughs> real things. They're just things that were made to look like the nostalgic things. Right. And it, I feel like that takes away a lot of the magic, too, because they have to do that because, oh, oh we now have to decorate 24,000 restaurants with these. So we got to order some order some stuff. It's not the unique find like, oh, we've got a legitimate like I, I think the, the Bennigan's in Longmont years ago, they had legit like four or six of the seats that were torn out of mile high stadium when they tore it mm-hmm. down that they had just mounted. You couldn't sit in, but they were just mounted in the restaurant. And that was like a piece of Colorado culture that was in the restaurant. That was super unique. It wasn't wicker furniture from pier one. It was actual 
seats from an old stadium in town. Like, Well, I think that circles back to what we said at the very beginning. We'll wrap it up with this is the marketing aspect, too, is I think at a point these restaurants started going to safety. They started wanting everything like, oh, we want somebody from New York who travels across the states, goes to, you know, this restaurant here that we have in New York, but they're going to go to it in Washington. It's going to feel the same exact. So they, they want a piece of home. They want to feel safe. And I think maybe that's where a lot of these themes restaurants are struggling is it's exactly the same. Like you said, you walk into a rainforest cafe in Vegas, you walk into it down in Louisiana it's basically the same, just the climate's a little bit different. And I think that's one reason why I like Totally 80s Pizza is because it's something a little bit different. You have memorabilia in there that is actually, like he's reached out to 80 stars to get them to sign it. He has stuff where he's gone on eBay to buy it. He has a piece of the Berlin Wall for crying out loud. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's not playing it safe. He's, he's going out there and getting the stuff. And I think that's where some of these themed restaurants are just, if well, yeah, I, it also was smart because they made it a museum slash restaurant. Right. Because you're and not going to find anybody at a chain restaurant that's going to find room in their budget to go, <laughs> I need to go find an actual DeLorean door to hang on the wall. No, no, it's right. got to be authentic. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that they're playing it too safe. They want that. And, it, and it's a it's human nature, that creature comfort of wanting familiarity. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And I, and, I, and, I, and I feel bad because if anybody is listening to this is like trying to plan their own theme restaurant, I feel like it would be the worst possible thing you can do. You have to be unique and authentic and make it one of a kind and like nothing else can get anywhere. But if you succeed and put it in your restaurant all over the place and it's the same, it's trash. I'm never going back. Like it's right. the ultimate like there's that sweet spot of nostalgia and uniqueness versus over commercialization like it's i i, I feel well, bad I, for anyone's got to try and ride that the only thing that i could think of is to compare it to a like a ripley's believe it or not type of thing like or a madame tussauds they're the same thing everywhere but they're a little bit different they each have a little bit different you go to a madame tussauds in paris as opposed to vegas you're not going to get the same thing you might see some of the same statue or wax figures, but it's not going to be the same thing. You go to a Ripley's Believe It or Not in Louisiana as opposed to Amsterdam, it's going to be kind of the same, but they're going to have different aspects of that where you can go in and go, okay, this is a little bit different. Oh, that's cool. What do I see there? So maybe they need to switch it up like that. If you're going to do a themed restaurant, I'm leaving it there. I'm no business. I don't, I don't know business. Mm-hmm. They, could, they could learn a lesson with the Hard Rock used to. Remember when everybody used to go, go to the Hard Rock? Yeah. And they wanted to go over because they wanted to get that Hard Rock shirt from all the different cities. And each Hard Rock was unique in its own way. Same menu everywhere. Yeah. But they all had their own flair to it. So they, they, they did something right for a while. And then they got so oversaturated that now it's kind of a joke. And now there's a few things left. But Hey, the only thing it I is can, what is. the only thing I can commend Hard Rock on was they had cheap poker and cheap drinks when we went in Vegas to the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> Casino. So that, that was all right. They win. What one dollar shot and yeah, I was down for that. Five dollars, right, so, three dollar blackjack. So we have been uh, shooting the breeze about this for quite some time now. So it's your turn now. Jump on social media, find us at Kid Geekish, and I want to know what your favorite theme restaurant is. I don't care where it is. It can be across the country because I have a feeling in the coming years, I'm going to be doing some random trips and road trips to the places you suggest. I already have a list of places I want to go that are kind of geeky themed around the country. And if they don't shut down, I, I want to make some things happen. So I want to know your favorite theme restaurants. Let us know at get geekish. Yes. I want some, I want some pizza now. Right. Thank you. Totally. 80 <laughs> delivers to Texas. <laughs> Probably not. All right. Well, that's that geek geekish. We'll talk at you next week. Do 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 do